Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week we discuss a movie and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I am joined tonight by Alicia Walker. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hello. Josh Dean. Hi there. Nathan McKinney. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And tonight's movie uh, was Alicia's suggestion. It is Like Water for Chocolate. I am not going to try to remember the Spanish original title, but. Como Agua. Uh, well, that's part of it. Chocolate. Paro Chocolate. I'm, I'm glad we did that. Thanks. Um, so uh, <laughs> before we get into the movie, uh, we'll talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, Zach, let's start with you. What have you been watching lately? Yeah, I uh, watched Enola Holmes on yeah. Netflix. Uh, came out a little while ago, but it was fine. Um, you know, it wasn't like oh my God, but I like Millie Bobby Brown and I think that uh, it was a fun take on the Sherlock Holmes stuff. I never really got into Sherlock Holmes. Like it wasn't like the shows, the books, none of that stuff. Um, But I enjoyed this well enough. Uh, I thought it was a little fun and uh, a little adventurous and maybe a little too long. There was like five acts, I feel (laughs) like. Um, But, um, you know, like it's a a little uh, Netflix original that I think they did well with with her. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think that was the only movie I really watched. Um, But then I started watching Norsemen on netflix and apparently nobody decided to tell me how amazing the show is because i'm sure it's probably been out for a while but it's insanely good it's so funny it's like 30 minute episodes and it's basically like the office but set to vikings um it's so good (laughs) the the jokes are are like they they land so well like uh, it, it, you guys got to check it out if you if you like a good like just kind of mindless thirty minute comedy. You don't really have to pay a whole lot of attention to it. Um, but just like the, it's great character work, uh, it's great joke writing. Um, it's very fun. Norseman on Netflix. I've been engulfed in that lately. Um, so yeah, no, that's you, pretty much it. You for bringing me. that up on Facebook was the first I'd ever heard of that series. So uh, I don't yeah, think anybody like- was keeping it a secret from you necessarily. I don't know. Um, I ended uh, up watching. I- uh, parts uh, or the first few episodes of uh, Annie Donna's House of Fun, which Josh talked about on the podcast a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Ugh. So, mm-hmm. oh, you don't like <laughs> that one? No, I couldn't get through the first five minutes. I was, I hated it, and I, I like, I write sketch comedy, and I was like, this is garbage. <laughs> oh, <Ouch>. well. <laughs> I, I said it wasn't for everybody. I said, yeah, it's extremely stupid, but funny. Well, yeah. uh, that's how I put it. Yeah. Are the no, is the you. Norseman show? Does that have anybody you know involved in the making of that that we would know from other stuff? Um, not that I could tell off of just looking at the credits. I'd have to mm-hmm. do a deep dive, but um, uh, definitely it has a lot of like Scandinavian names involved with like the production. So it, they, they, you know, they're keeping it close to home. That's cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, Josh, how about you? Um, I've been watching, uh, WandaVision, um, on Disney plus, uh, yeah, trying to, um, keep up with that. I think it's hurt a little bit by the week by week release. Um, I feel like it would have benefited more from a just all at once binging sort of situation. Um, well, you know, you can but, do that. 
I know I can wait, but then it's all going to be spoiled, and then uh, you know I'll be the last one to know. I can't yeah. do that. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> so I'm watching them as they come out, but I, I find it entertaining enough, um, and I'm invested, so I'll I'll be watching the rest of it. Um, I'm just also just desperate for um, Marvel um, input at this point, just because it's been like over a year since anything new came out. Um, yeah, there was I a really watched- funny critique that somebody made of uh, Wonder Woman '84, where they said, mm-hmm. you know, people were being really hard on it, but it's because it's been 18 months since they've seen one of these superhero movies, and they all are like that. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're just seeing the emperor's got no clothes. Finally, yeah. Um, yeah I watched a movie though, Forty uh, Second Street uh, from nineteen thirty three. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, um, musical. Well, kind of a musical. It's mostly a backstage dramedy, and then the last half hour is a musical. Um, and uh, that was really entertaining. I I wanted to watch the Gold Diggers of nineteen thirty three. Oh, that's great. But I couldn't, I had to pay for it. I was like, well, 42nd Street for free or Gold Diggers to pay for it. So I went for 42nd Street and um, really enjoyed it. And Busby Berkeley. I think that's the first time I've seen a real, honest to God, Busby, Busby Berkeley musical. Oh, wow. Great. Um, they may have taken them yeah. off, but I thought both of them were on HBO Plus, both the Gold Diggers I, movies. Did they take them that's off? That's how it. They took them off. Yeah, that's ah. how they got sucked in. I was yeah. like, oh, good. I'll just pop over. No, it was gone. But, <laughs> maybe can- but a lot of fun. Maybe though. Canopy or something might get some of those. Oh, that's a good idea. I should have checked Hoopla. Yeah. yeah see if anything was on but there. But there's multiple Gold Diggers movies, you know. Right. So, yes, 33 is the sweet spot. Got it. The other's crap. Pure yeah. crap. But the other's okay. <laughs> yeah. But 33 is where it's The at. Depression took right. a turn. You know, it's just not <laughs> sure. as good. Christine, how about Fair you? Enough. Yeah, I uh, have been watching Prodigal Son on Fox. That show is so good. I just love that whole thing. What's um, that about? I haven't heard anything about it. Okay, so basically uh, Martin Sheen was a serial killer and his son is now an F- uh, well, a former FBI profiler and he's coming to terms with the fact that he's so good being an FBI profiler because his dad was a serial killer and he has so many of those instincts in him. And he's trying to figure out if he's becoming like his father. Oh, that sounds pretty great. It is. It's so good. He Uh, plays the son. on Tuesday nights. Um, I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now. Okay, it's not Emilio Estevez. No, it's no. not. It's uh, <laughs> it's the guy who played uh, Jesus on Walking Dead. He actually, that's a big reason why he left Walking oh, Dead right. was because oh, he landed this okay. lead role on Prodigal Son. Yeah, gotcha. but it's so good. And then today I watched uh, Radium Girls. And that movie was so good, but it was so heartbreaking to watch. Um, it has Joey King, who uh, yeah. was the daughter on on that uh, miniseries, The Act, that they had on Hulu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was such a good movie. Uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah. um, The title escapes me at the moment, but she was also in one of the worst horror movies of all time um, a few years ago. I'd have to look it up, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I've seen her in a few things. I think she's, she's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, how about you? 
Well, uh, so I've finished a couple of series, uh, or at least as far as they are so far. Um, I think the flight attendant on both of them were HBO Max, actually. Uh, I fin- the flight attendant was uh, probably one and done. I'm not thinking they're going to renew that one for any reason. Kind of enjoyed that one a lot more than I was expecting. At first, I thought it was going to be a little bit too straightforward. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bored of characters who hear a dead person talk to them and they have conversations that have nothing to do with what's going on in the middle of things. But oh, little Dexter it, action, Dexter and uh, <laughs> uh, the Rami Malek uh, thing had that with Mr. Mr. Robot. Robot had that, which oh. that was never my favorite part of Mr. Robot. So maybe that's a trope we can let go of someday, but I thought overall it was pretty good. And I, and I appreciated the cast, uh, other than that guy for the most part, uh, Rosie Perez, uh, it looked interesting. HBO max promoted the heck out of it for a couple of weeks there. Like it was on their front page for a while. I mean, even if it's sheer silly nonsense, which it is just a little bit, it's fun. I, I mean, I had no problem getting through it. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um, the other show that I watched was, I believe, another uh, BBC show. I don't know where I got this list of shows to check out on HBO Max, but every single one of them was a British show. Um, but so this one that I finished up was called Trigonometry, um, which, as you might guess, is uh, basically a threesome, poly, romantic, whatever you call it, group. Um and I really enjoyed it. It had just, it was kind of funny because it is somewhat explicit with some of the things that are going on on screen, but for the most part, it had more of like an after school special vibe, I guess. Uh, as far as like, well, I mean, sure, there's the sexy moments, but they're fewer and farther between than you might think. And for the most part, it was more about like, PSAs about how, how do we to be handle in a- this character's trauma this week? And uh-huh. here's the classy way to do it. And so it kind of had, you know, almost a Gilmore Girls kind of like approach to that sort of thing. Um, So I enjoyed it. Um, And uh, the last thing I'm going to say that we watched was um, watched another Rosie Perez uh, joint. And that would be losing the mood. Do the right thing. Oh, do the right thing. Sorry. Lost the name up here. Uh, It was the first time I had actually seen that one. Uh, We have that on uh, Blu-ray. Really enjoyed that. I think my favorite parts were all the parts where the characters are talking directly to the camera. I want to get some sound bites of all those. Um, much better than most of the other Sam uh, Spike Lee movies I've seen, honestly. Um, a lot of the Spike Lee movies I really enjoy, but sometimes tend to come off a little preachier than I like. This one, even though it was a little bit that, it was kind of in a sweet spot of like not too preachy enough that it just lets me get it for what it is without having to tell me or yeah. me over the head with it. Uh, Wish Upon was the terrible Zoe King horror movie. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's yes. baffling how bad that movie is. Yes, that was awful. Um, I, so anyways. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the segue. He <laughs> Dale was so enthralled <laughs> that he multitasked and looked at that uh, movie while you were talking. I, I thought, were you done? Was yeah, there more? I, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> can I finish? Uh, can I finish? You, you, okay, you finish. The, last, the last thing I wanted to talk about that we watched, and then I waited, and then I said something. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I've been uh, going back through The Shield. Um, I got the complete series on Blu-ray, which had um, probably close to six hours of special features in addition to 
Um, maybe half the 84 episodes had commentaries on them. And a lot of the commentaries are, uh, are not about the episode that you're watching. They're just sort of different groups of people talking about their role in making the, the shield or what their job is or how they got involved and those sorts of things. Um, I thought it was all very fascinating. One of the things that uh, came up was uh, there's an episode that was directed by Frank Darabont and he is on a commentary track with them talking about how he was really blown away by the way that they shot the shield, how they shot it really fast. They had two cameras that were never on, you know, stands or dollies or anything like that. It was all steady cam and, and people moving around. And he really liked how fast and uh, improvisational that let people be. And so he used that uh, to great effect. He even took a bunch of the crew from the shield uh, to make his movie, his next movie that he worked on, which was the mist. And then Laurie Holden, who's in the mist joined the shield. So like right after she finished filming, the mist wasn't even out yet, but she was in the final season of the shield. So it was kind of all these weird, like worlds colliding and all that. Um, and so I thought, you know, I liked the first season of the walking dead, which he did. And, um, Lori Holden is in as well. And <clears throat> I'd never really given the mist a chance cause I'd never heard anything good about it. Um, so I watched that and it's not great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the story's there. Um, it's a Stephen King story, and uh, I can see where the book version of it would be would be fine. Uh, the novella that it's based on would be fine, but the uh, the CGI is like distractingly bad in it, and then it has this really downbeat bummer of an ending. Um, but. If you're a fan of The Walking Dead, it, you you this is the genesis of it. Like this is the blueprint for how The Walking Dead came to be and came to be Frank Darabont's project because the situation that's happening um with all these people, you know, trapped in a grocery store for the majority of the movie and set, splitting off into different factions and um like, you know, the whole, uh, the people are more dangerous to the people than the monster sort of trope that becomes a big part of the walking dead. All of that kind of stuff is in the mist. So it's, it's really interesting to go back, I think as a walking dead fan, um, which I no longer am, but to see what that kind of looked like beforehand. So I'm glad I finally saw it and, and had that extra context to see it in. Um, but I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't say rush out and go see it unless, you know, you're curious as to what Frank Darabont did between learning that style on the shield and taking that style through to a movie and through to, uh, his, his series, um, uh, before AMC basically depressed him all the way out of showbiz. So, uh, all right, Dale. Well, I'll check it out. Thanks. <laughs> Still a Walking Dead fan. 
Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, you might like it. I mean, you might, um, it's, I probably will. It's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, it, it, it's hard to like, there, there are definitely parts of it. I think like the, the second act is super strong. Um, and it's, it's creepy and, um, violent and weird. And, um, it's just, it, it's let down by, uh, showing the poor CGI monsters a little too much. Um, and then it, it doesn't end on a, um, on a, on a remotely hopeful note. It's just sort of like, Oh, everything sucks. Great. Thanks movie. Favorite kind of endings. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) Alicia, how about you? What have you been watching? Uh, I watched, uh, obviously some stuff with Nathan. We watched also the, uh, latest, uh, version of the Jane Austen book, Emma. We checked that out this week, uh, which was good. It it was, uh, it was kind of nice that it was a little faster paced, um, I've seen most of the other versions of that, and in particular, every time I was or uh, throughout this version of it that we were watching, I would think back to Clueless and be like, "Okay, Elton, yes, remember that." Okay, so so like I was kind of using that to help me remember the main storylines of uh, main plot of Emma. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed it a little faster paced. It's a little zanier. Um, Bill Nye is always fun in a movie, so so that was a good time. So yeah, overall it was good. Um, other than that, TV show wise, besides continuing with the stand and some stuff like that, I think we've mentioned before, I watched the first episode of three different shows, but I've not moved past those. So we watched the first episode of Bridgerton, finally. Bridger- Bridgerton? Bridgerton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we watched the first episode of that. Uh, I also watched the first episode of Ted Lasso, and I watched the first episode of Pretend It's a City. Uh so far, I'm loving Pretend It's a City the most, probably. But, um, but you know, it's Martin Scorsese with Fran Lebowitz, and I've always enjoyed hear- listening to Fran Lebowitz uh, talk about whatever she feels like, uh, which is basically what the show is. It's I don't even know how many episodes it's going to be. I didn't really look, but it's essentially following her around New York as she does speaking engagements and just her daily routine uh, and and comments about what's happening. Some of it in more of an interview format on stage that they've recorded. And some of it is just, yeah, I think it's like a four bar to with, eight with episodes. Marty. How many are there? Four to eight. I can't remember four exactly. Four to eight. Okay. It, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in there. One. I, I just looked at it uh, like an hour ago. I, Oh yeah. I was, I looked at the trailer of it and, um, and, and, but it didn't have like the number of episodes, but that was, that was the kind of gist that I got from it was that yeah. it was like sort of limited. Yeah. I assumed thing. it wouldn't be a lot based on what it is, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a little taste of New York, which is nice since we're not traveling right now. And I do love to visit New York and uh, you know, I like that, you know, kind of witty humor Um it's just it's just kind of something fun to watch to kind of make me laugh giggle a little bit about some of her comments about how the world works and you know talking about her life and her living in her house and not having a cell phone or a computer and basically just going about her day and being totally content to just be at home and she was on uh fresh air not long ago kind of as a promo for this and she was talking about you know terry gross was asking her about how she's doing during the pandemic and and being alone she's like i love being alone 
it's no different for me. It's just, yeah. that's just another day in my life. So there's some inconveniences, but otherwise I'm happy as a clam, basically, she was saying. So yeah, it's interesting. It's fun. It looks cool. I, th- I think I'll probably watch that. I'll probably end up I watching I mean, part that. of what's fun about watching it is just watching her crack up uh, Martin Scorsese because he laughs constantly. Uh, Big great. guffaws. We did I, t- watch one other show we should mention. Oh, what was the that? The Night Stalker. I, oh, I was waiting right. for someone to bring it up because I watched right. it. Too. I that was going to come up somewhere. We we tried to get it in, Dale, before you could spoil it. Oh, stop. <laughs> 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 they uh, it was in. a quick watch. It was a four episode. <laughs> but uh, we do need to mention it, though. I don't want to take up too much time, but my God, has anybody else watched this? Yeah, I don't know. That was me. I knew. Not yet. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the story is good, but what I'm awing about is all of the things they've inserted in this with the editing and stuff like close-ups of a rat with dramatic music for 30 seconds, like all this weird ass stuff to try to build suspense (laughs) and make it even more riveting. And it totally takes you out of it every time they do it. Every time there's a murder, it comes up on screen with a giant pang. Yeah, with the date. It's just like, Jesus. Yeah. And it's got, and they've got like the the X Files, you know, typing on the screen, you know, and the FBI and the in the police, you know, the LA County Sheriff's Office and all this stuff. But yeah, it's all these little close ups of just random furniture in a house with ah with like scary music and all this stuff and then the rat and, is probably the thing that got and me the, the weird most. cgi like 3d recreations of the crime scene afterwards where you're painting oh, over yeah. all the dead gory bodies with the yeah. faces covered yeah they have like uh, the little black bar that goes across much. the eyes because you'll never know who <laughs> yeah. it is with a single black bar right here so yeah i mean well they the mostly use that to cover wounds and things well, they're not covering yeah. the wound. They just instead just cover their identity up by covering up their eyes. But the the story itself is, is a riveting story. And I wanted to watch it and wanted to continue to watch it because of just finding out what had happened. But And, and the guy who did it. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> creepy. But, yeah, all the other stuff, you got to just wade through that. You got to be real yeah. patient on that other stuff. I really liked it because it's it's told from the perspective of the two investigating detectives and having right. them be <laughs> the sort of central uh, thread of everything was really great. No, uh, I yeah. totally agree. I'm sorry. The reason I laughed is because they staged all these things of them like riding together in the car at night and like eating dinner together, like recreating them on the prowl looking for the killer. That again, that stuff I found corny. Like, let's get you guys in a car. Let's get you guys buying coffee. You know, stuff like this well, that they staged. And all but the pants by the, the, the wife's withering looks. Every oh, time she's yeah. talking about, he didn't ever come home. He was out working all the time, oh. and then they they pan by her just like deadpan, shit kicking face every Slow-mo. time. Like, Ugh. yeah, they were they were like trying to tell this story about like how, uh, like how it affected uh, the guy's marriage, and yeah. so <laughs> yeah, they're they're never in the same shot together, yeah. and so they're like trying nope. to build this like tension like. Did they stay together? Did they not? Like th- they're trying to make that work, and it's like obviously they stayed together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like she probably wouldn't be involved if she didn't. Like if this ruined her marriage, she probably wouldn't be on the on the show. Um, right. <laughs> so that kind of stuff's uh, kind of silly and and funny. And um, uh, I, yeah, there's another thing I was going to talk about too, but you guys accuse me of 
spoiling things, so I'm not going to go that far. Um, but you're right. I mean, I'm glad Nathan brought that up because we did really enjoy it, even though. And I, I think you're exactly right. The relationship between these two police officers and any time they did interview them, I was riveted wanting to hear what they had to say. That well, because the excellent. guy, um, the older guy had, what was the case that he had? Uh, it Hillside, was Hillside, Strangler. Hillside Strangler murders. Yeah. So he was like also already like a well-known uh, figure in it. And then, yeah, he like kind of puts his foot in his mouth at one point and basically like calls out the Night Stalker. He's like, maybe I shouldn't have like been an asshole to him on screen before we catch him. Like, <laughs> he just might come find me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was very good. Well, um, we had a movie like we always do on the show. Uh, it was Like Water for Chocolate. It was suggested by Alicia. Um, I think Alicia and Nathan had seen it before the rest nope. of us. Oh, Nathan had not had seen not. it. So I've seen it. Uh, yeah. So Zach and Alicia have seen it. The rest of us have not. Um Josh, I'll start with you. What did you think of Like Water for Chocolate? My book report of Like Water <laughs> for Chocolate by Josh D., age 43. Um, yeah, uh, this movie. Uh, one thing, the, um, the, the dubbing almost killed me immediately. Um, I was so it's tempted to so turn it off and try bad. to find another well, oh, and to yeah. be honest, if I would have realized that was the only version out there, I, I just assumed, of course, like any civilized person, it would have had subtitles. Sure, right? Yeah, it would have had to. I mean, yeah, we're we're living in a society, people. Right. We have to have... It's like late days uh, anime uh, bad. I, I watched it with uh, with the original sound with subtitles. Where'd you How? find that? Where? HBO Max. Where was no, it? No, that's where I watched it. You just got... You have to change it. I couldn't it find a way to change it. We tried. Oh, yeah. my settings let me change everything. Maybe yeah. you just had to go to the main settings and not on the movie. Maybe. But I did it on the movie. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I looked on the movie. I couldn't find anything. The only anything thing you can do change. is turn oh. the subtitles on or off. That's all I had as well. Yeah, I, had the whole, I, had, I have HBO Max Max, so. Apparently. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I watched it, it and it's all of its splendor. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this felt like a homework assignment. Um, I, uh, it's, I, I under, like the magical, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, uh, I, I'm sure the book is amazing, probably, uh, for, for high schoolers to read and, uh, the, it, but it was one of those romances where the, the two people fall in love because they've looked at each other a few times. And uh, I thought, well, surely she'll grow older and understand that this is just a thundering dumbass that's in love with her because she looks good. And then eventually they'll move on with their lives or no, but no, no, it never moves past that's the real world. Josh, that you know, just two good looking people just having to bone. That's what it's all about. Uh, and that's all that matters for the rest of your life. Um, yeah. Uh, I did like the, the way her food would like affect people. I thought that was a cute gimmick. And I was like, Oh, well, more of that, please. Um, but it, that would just seem to be the, the kind of gimmick that they hung the rest of this very, subpar romance story on um 
so yeah i i I did not enjoy it very much um and i talked to some friends of mine and apparently they did actually have to watch it in high school Um, really yeah which i was wondering yeah do you have to sign a release for that's pretty saucy yeah, um, Dale says there's a cut yeah, without uh, nudity. We, we talked just briefly before uh, we started recording um, that I guess the Mexican theatrical cut did not have any nudity in it. And ah. so um, the cut on HBO Max is is uh, the full, you know, the uncut version of it. But I, I would have to think that if uh, people were watching it for high school projects or reading the book or anything like that, um, that there must have been like a censored version or a, uh, you know, a PG 13, uh, release of it somewhere. Man, taking the, like, uh, the brownish poor film quality, low resolution boobs out of that masa grinding scene probably wouldn't have been as fun. (laughs) Okay. True. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> I mean, this was '92. You you took what you could get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yield the rest of my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christine, how about you? What did you think? Well, going off of uh, Josh's book report theme, um, I have to mention. The, that I too liked the magical realism in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really liked the symbolism of like the match and the candles. Um, yeah. Especially how it was brought back at the end, where she like literally lights the whole place on fire because of uh, like eating the matches. That whole scene was good i i liked that part uh i was also put off a little bit by the dubbing uh but uh um also there was the one part uh when her mother's ghost was visiting her like yeah when she's like banishing it and she was like surprise i hate you and i was like I love that. <laughs> Just like the deadpan way. She was like, surprised. I hate you. Yeah. That was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Um, yeah. And the, and the dubbing, you know, just adds to that performance. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm kind of curious really about did. all the voices they had for the different <laughs> characters in English. Yeah. Um, did I, you like it? No, I mean it, it, there was there were the good the good magical realism in there. I can appreciate that. Like I think, uh, like you were talking about the mist, I could see how the book would be pretty good. Yeah, but I don't think it translates as well onto the screen. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Um, where your imagination is much better than what somebody can photograph. Um, yeah. And, you know, not that this movie had, like, crazy special effects or anything that it needed to use. Um, it's a it's a very low-budget production. But, um, yeah, they, they pulled off certain things really well, and then a lot of the rest of it was, was pretty let down. Um, and, I mean, beyond the dubbing, there's, there's things in it that are just sort of... Uh, 
um, odd, but not odd on purpose. Um, the stuff that was odd on purpose, I think worked for the most part. Um, I, 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 I'll, I'll just be the first to say, I have no idea what the, uh, the title means. No clue. I had to look it up. I looked it up and it had something to do with the amount of heat that, uh, chocolate needs to boil is a lot more than water needs to boil. Ah, okay. And so it has to do with that boiling point and so, how uh, so Pedro reaches is, her boiling point yeah. eventually. So Pedro can make her boil, but uh, Smiley John can't, yeah. can't do it. <laughs> Something like that. He's a water boy and not a chocolate boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, how about you? Or Zach seen it. Nathan had not seen it. Nathan, what did you think? You know, I think if I had watched this back in like 1992 or whenever it came out, I probably would have really admired it because I think it has a lot of those things that I've seen done so much better since then, like in Amelie and quite a few Wes Anderson movies, uh, just of just like really kitschy fun ways to tell a story um and i i i enjoyed that you know the magical realism whatever we're calling it i think it was a nice theme to have through the movie but having seen those movies and having experienced all that this fell way short of what most of those really do um so i enjoyed parts of it um i think i enjoyed it a lot more until i got to like the last 20 minutes or 30 minutes of it. I really did not like the ending at all. Um, I, I thought it, it, there was a time jump in there that was a little disconcerting and really hard to follow. I had to ask about half a dozen questions just to get myself to keep up with what the hell was going on because they didn't really age the characters. I mean, maybe he grew a mustache or something, but uh, the best, I mean, that's the best, month, uh, uh, like <laughs> person effect that they use is when, uh, the sister is supposed to have gained a bunch of weight and they just put uh-huh. her in a big, like funky. Yeah, that didn't work. Sure. And I, and I gotta <laughs> her, say, her I think I was really disappointed. That neck is still normal. I was really disappointed that things, there wasn't a better arc with the mom. Like, I feel like, cause they kind of get to that one point where she thinks about how her mom had to deal with it and how it made her feel. But then the mom comes back as a ghost and is just as big a bitch as she was the first half of it and kind of dissolves all that like potential story thrust into nothing. And I just think the mom was just a totally unsympathetic character. And I think that's a shame. I think she should have been more sympathetic. It could have added a lot to the movie. I think it was a good, she might've been the best actress in the movie aside from the grandmother that died super early on because she was amazing. Um, it made that first part she of the gets movie to totally be a ghost too sometimes Nacha. yeah I would much rather have her come back and and, and be the one to talk oh, she, about she does your mom she was doesn't talk this about way anything. and this is why you should think about her life in a different way and how she treated you I don't know I just kind of felt like it was just it, it wasn't as good as what came after you know I just feel like there's much better movies to recommend yeah yeah Zach how about you so I can't remember exactly when or what context I saw this, but as I started watching it again, I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Might have been in high school. Um, when you were 11 when it came out? 
<laughs> yeah, might have might have been. I, I don't know. I was like, I was like, I, I've I've definitely seen this before, especially uh, the scene that really nailed it for me. Where I was like, I've seen this before. Is the one where the sister is running naked across the field to the horse uh, guy. Uh, to the, yeah, the horse guy, the revolution uh, master um, <laughs> horse rider. I mean, the way he has her on that horse, whoo! I I don't have those skills. Um, but yeah, no, I, I will say I am happy that I was able to watch it with the original language and with the so English subtitles. I apologize for all of those people who don't get to see it that way. Um, I don't know how I, I figured that out or I'm, how I got it. I'm sure it was better that way. It, it, I had to. I, you're right. Like I, I don't know if I would have been able to finish it otherwise. Um, and I, I feel like when I watched it before, I had that was the same situation. But I'm, I, either way, um, I didn't hate it. Uh, it's no picnic at Hanging Rock. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, the gold standard of, of that sort of cuts all kinds of ways. Ouch! It's a little bit the dressmaker, though. Is it a bit the dressmaker? Little bit the dressmaker. Yeah, like there were there were I am, moments that I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I do have to say I'm a bit pissed that Aaron didn't have to see this movie <laughs> yeah. as payback. Uh-oh. He's just he's Can't dodging all the all the bullets. Um, yeah, like there was definitely good moments. Uh, there was you know some of the acting uh, was good in in parts, but overall, I think like there was just uh, a challenge in terms of of getting through a lot of it because I I guess I wanted characters to make different choices. Obviously, it's an adaptation, so they're going to make the choices that are written in the book. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like I I think I would have preferred her with John. Like I think that I don't know. Like that guy was like he was nice. Pedro was a pain in the ass. Like he just <laughs> he just pisses me off. And I I think like I. I, and Josh, you might be able to, you know, kind of talk about this too. But like being like a hopeless romantic, I'm like, I don't hmm. know if they, like this hopeless romantic bullshit's like really working <laughs> here. Like, yeah, like you were saying, like you know, you see someone, too. and then, eh. hmm. oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna marry your sister so I can be closer to you. That's a smart idea, asshole. Dick move. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean. It's just, it's just a lot of that little stuff. I thought the sister's stuff was fun. I thought it was, uh, you know, like uh, pretty standard, but also interesting to like have the older sister essentially become the mother, and like she plays out that same tradition, which I think um, kind of addresses Nathan's critique. I think anyway that mm-hmm. um, rather than fleshing out the mother, we see it repeat with the sister, mm-hmm. the one that Pedro actually marries. Yeah. And I love that she died of like flatulence. I thought that was a great way to go. Um, the digestive issues. After she issues. got all fat <laughs> and, and her breath so stunk, funny. and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think my my favorite part was just all the food. Like uh, just looking at that food, I was like, oh my god, I would love to eat any of the food that they were creating. And that the food looked beautiful. Even the tiny little quails, little rose petals. Mm, I'm in it. I love that they uh, had the. Uh, her preparing the quails in three different stages. So there was one stage where they were like fully uh, defeathered and dressed. And then there was next to that were a bunch of dead ones that hadn't been defeathered. Then next mm-hmm. to that were a bunch of live ones just watching <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, the uh, cartoon version of that is definitely them just being like bl- bug eyed and like, and then like they have a whole like quail sanctuary because that's where she goes when they're when the mom's like take that ladder down because she's got to stay up yeah, there when she's the all pissed coat. off. Yeah, I'm like oh that's cool. I have a little quail sanctuary. Um, I didn't really understand the layout of the land because like it's a farm, but it's on a cliff overlooking a river. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, where the hell are they in Mexico? So if they can um, all stand and puke into the river on that long <laughs> fence, that like uh, long unnecessary weird fence around the river. Yeah. Uh, I did like the costumes, the costume design I thought actually was, was cool. Um, especially like at the weddings you get to see different, um, cultures and how they dress time period wise and culture wise and things like that. Uh, so I, I actually did really enjoy that kind of stuff, but it made me giggle more than it made me swoon. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my book report. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've joked about like how, um, you know, this movie came out. I, I think I was like 15 when it came out. Um, and I, you know, I said there were scenes that I would probably have loved as a 15 year old and watched again and again. Um, so I'll start out with the good. Um, I thought that for a movie shot for very little, I mean, it was obviously not a big budget production. Um, it was shot on, on really crummy 16 millimeter and, uh, was grainy and, and the lighting wasn't particularly great. But I thought this the sense of setting and time and place um, really worked well. It was very evocative. Um, it it felt like you were watching something that was happening in the early twentieth century, turn of the century um, kind of time in Mexico. Um, beautiful settings. The houses and things were beautiful. The uh, all of the stuff with the food was beautiful. Um, and, um, some of the performances were pretty good, um, from what I could tell through the, the dubbing, which was hard to ignore. Um, so one of the things that, um, there were a couple of things that came to mind as I was watching this, um, and trying to think of, of why Alicia would do this. Um, <laughs> I, I know how much uh, how into like cooking shows and stuff Alicia is, and I think that part of it was very well done. Um, all the cooking stuff was really important. The whole uh, kitchen being the center of the household, and the Nacha character, and then the uh, the niece, the baby niece that needs to like be near cooking smells to be happy sort of thing and she's the one that breaks the cycle of of having to uh not marry and stay around for her mom um all those sorts of things um from an adaptation perspective um it had they made this movie after ratatouille i think they would have really leaned into the whole uh she makes food that makes that gets reactions out of people like that. There's some kind of a magic to her cooking that like she cooks for the wedding and everybody goes and, and fucks everybody goes and fucks the priest <laughs> finds the lady and goes and fucks like they, they all have to run off and do that. 
um, the whole thing with uh, uh, Hertrudis um, having to go out and take a shower and like she somehow still sets the the shower on fire and then runs into the arms of that guy and comes back as a general in the revolution. She outranks that guy when she comes back and um, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Like anytime that kind of thing happened, it was fun. Um, what, and I think they would have leaned into that more. That would have been more of kind of the plot of the movie or sort of the, the, the gimmick of the movie. Um, but I think they stuck closer to trying to adapt the, the love story and the romance angle of it. And, you know, something that I struggled with, uh, as a young person was this whole, um, disconnect between what women find romantic on screen and what they find romantic in real life, very different things. Um, you know, for example, um, a, a, a guy that just follows you everywhere and is everywhere you go and is always watching you um, is cute and romantic in a movie and is a stalker in real life. <laughs> um, or it's only cute in real life if you want him to do that um, versus that's the way he wins you over uh, over time. So uh, this would have been a confusing movie for me to watch as a, as a younger person thinking, you know, this is what women want. They, they want, <laughs> they want this like jackass guy. Um, and, and, you know, they're, they're like, there, there's some sense of, of nobility to her, um, not settling down with a doctor who's nothing but great to her all the time and to her family and, um, and, and totally just, you know, bounces when she says, you know, she's, she has the opportunity to marry the guy she really likes. So, you know, later get out of here. Um, so that, that sort of stuff, like it just doesn't, it just doesn't work, uh, so well. Um, and, uh, there, there's so much weirdness with, um, just like general, uh, I don't know. They're like so much, so many things that were just like funny, like by mistake. Um, like they keep, they keep calling her senorita Tita in the beginning. It's like, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> that shouldn't make me laugh every time. I but I but I just I felt like the whole uh the whole uh romance angle of it like I you know I am not the target audience for a romance movie. I I'm I'm not I'm not going to you know uh get all excited about a, a Jane Austen adaptation or you know that that sort of you know the the Mr. Darcy thing like I don't that that's that's not the kind of thing I get into, but I I recognize when it's done well, and when it's not done well, and it I felt like here, it you know it was kind of like what Zach was saying, where it's just like he looked at her, 
and that was it for the rest of their lives they were like trying to figure out how to be together and um i i think i blinked and i missed the like the the sex scene where she was supposedly pregnant for a while and then really wasn't <laughs> and the the narrator comes in and says that like her psychological pregnancy ended at that moment it's like oh it's a psychological pregnancy thanks narrator like what really um i wrote down the first thing that i wrote down was that she was born salty because she was born with this giant gush of water coming out of her mother and then they had 40 pound bags of salt that they had scraped from the floor. It was tears from the onions. It was tears. <sighs> <laughs> and the part that made me laugh just a little bit later in that was when Magda was like, it's okay to cry. And my first line to Alicia was, because I need more salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if a man wants a taco, you just can't offer him an enchilada instead. <laughs> that was a good. No line. truer words have been spoken. Um, I don't know about referring to another woman as an enchilada. I think that's or a taco for that. I think matter. that's a Thank different you. thing. Um, I think if you're a taco man, you're a taco man. But oh god, is it just me? Uh, so, um, without further ado, what the hell, Alicia? Okay, people. You know what? Criticism will not be tolerated by the masterwork of El Guapo. That's all I'm saying. All right. If you, <laughs> if what? You didn't know, not everybody got that. Obviously, okay. if you didn't know, the director of this movie played El Guapo in the Three Amigos. Oh, so it's let a that just soak in a minute. Just let that soak in. All right. So you make him a sweater. Console him. All right. But get over yourselves. All right. Uh, I agree with almost everything that's been said. So There are a plethora of problems. That's right. Uh, so I haven't seen this movie Would in like... Would you say this movie has a plethora of problems? <laughs> See, I would say a plethora. Uh, I haven't seen this movie in like maybe 15 years. Uh, I remember seeing it in college. It had already been out for a little bit. Uh, people were talking. I think we're in college and we're like, ooh, little sexy, little different. Uh, you know, we feel really smart at that time seeing a foreign film. So, you know, saw it, liked it then. I would agree with Dale. Probably the food preparation had a lot to do with that because I do enjoy those kind of movies. You know, The Big Night, Bobette's Feast. Love it. Bring them on. Yeah. Uh, so I think that probably had a lot to do with it before I even yeah, really if, knew that that was clicking for me. If that had been more, I think, you know, if they had taken that adaptation and leaned more into that direction, I think it, it would have been a more satisfying film than it was. No, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. And I think also, I agree, the the fun scenes the with the magical realism stuff, that's what made it pop. And I think right at the beginning when they are sweeping up the dried tears for the salt you're like oh okay so this might be a little different there's some different little things in there uh i needed more of gertrudis the middle sister the red yes. as they describe the mulatto you know child or whatever i needed a lot more of her because she was a barrel of monkeys every time she was on the screen yeah uh and yeah so i all those parts are really good 
those little, you know, weird things that happened in the story that made you kind of think and go, did that just happen? What what just went on? That was good. But yeah, I, it was a little, too, a little too much melodrama and a lot of stuff. I think, you know, when I was younger, I especially, you know, wanted to go that romantic way with it. It was kind of Romeo and Juliet in that, in that they just saw each other. They're meant to be. They're star-crossed lovers. It was kind of that whole thing, which I'm sure is why people are loving it in English class, maybe. But um yeah, but I think it was, you know, it was a little it was a little sexier than you'd see for a PG-13 or whatever. And so I think I was like, ooh, you know, okay, all right, let's watch some of that. So but, when you uh, watched it in college, did it have the nudity? Oh, yeah. It's been like that. The, that since that the was an song. R then. Okay. Well, so it was an R. But it was a more exciting R than, I don't know, watching Beverly Hills Cop, I guess. So at the time... Hey, hey, that's fun. Hey, <laughs> hey, I love Beverly Hills Cop, but Beverly Hills Cop doesn't have some of the action this does. So, um, yeah, so it, it hasn't, I, I, you know, I want to say it hasn't aged well. I don't think that's it. I think I have aged. And so some of it is that, that I have seen. I've aged well, by the way, but what i think is a lot of happening. It. Come on. beverly hills cop really needed a scene at the end where eddie murphy is dead and we see his dick no it needed a scene where he set an outhouse on fire and jumped onto a police car and drove off dale you said something earlier about food movies that i think could apply to every movie about how more leaning into like the preparation of food. I think of like the Godfather when he's cutting that little piece of garlic and he's talking about oh, cutting yeah, that little that's piece a of good garlic. Scene. They yeah. could have spent 30 minutes on that scene for me. It would yeah, have been great. But yeah, I do think, I mean, food porn is real people. It really is. But um, I think, <laughs> I think as I've gotten older, I've just seen, you know, like Nathan had mentioned other movies that later do some of the fun things about this, but do it much better. I totally agree with that. And I think I've just seen a lot more stuff than I had seen at the time and seen all kinds of foreign films that aren't exotic and exciting in this way. I mean, there it, it's it's good. It's not great. I don't think it's as good as I used to think it was. There's a reason probably I don't have it on Blu-ray and it's just a DVD that's stuck in a cabinet somewhere. So, okay, I agree with you. I'm not going to be the next picnic at Hanging Rock, though. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> no, it, no, it, no one can ever be the next picnic okay, at good. Hanging Thank Rock. Thank you very much. No, I, I think, uh, I think Josh was the one that said I didn't hate it, or Zach, one of the Zach or Josh. I praise, I know, but that's how I felt too. I, I, it's I a solid C minus. Oh, oh. C minus. <laughs> I, you know, with some with the proper soundtrack, I think it would have elevated a little bit for you guys yeah maybe yeah i mean <laughs> my grading criteria might be different too, but uh might be a little bit different than that but uh yeah um I, I i thought it was well shot um i have no idea how good of an adaptation it was based on comments that i've seen online um you know it won't surprise you to learn that people vastly preferred the book um, over the movie, which is usually the case. Sure. Um, and I, I don't know if they, you know, what stuff they took in the direction and ran with versus, versus drop from the story entirely. Um, you know, uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, ghosts, things like, 
you know, we were talking about Hopper. earlier with uh, there being a ghost character that talks to people um, on the, what was it, the flight attendant that has that? Yep. Um, but um, I think th- there was a lot of potential there. I think that, like, this, I, I think that there was potential for the actors to have gone on to do better things, the director to have gone on and do better things. Um, with a better budget and um, a better screenplay, and and definitely, uh, you know, it it hurts that I saw it with um, a horrible dub. Um, that sort of takes a lot of the uh, gravity out of it, right? Because it's you can't get past the fact that it's like people reading for a really really bad cartoon. Um, and and then the lines just don't there's a lot of things where like the the lines just really didn't translate well um you know surprise i hate you uh probably was more powerful to read as a subtitle than it was to uh <laughs> to to hear not lip synced with the with the actress when she was saying it's like surprise i hate you well and when it, when you mentioned that i don't think that's what they had translated on the subtitle for that. I can't remember what it was now, but I think I would have taken note to a surprise, I hate you, but I'm not sure what they had said instead at the for the t- subtitles. Yeah, I uh, I think it's weird that um, that Hertrudis can, can just instantly set a, a running shower on fire, but uh, Tita had to eat a whole book of matches to start a fire. It's like, why didn't she just make whatever she fed Ertrudis and poured some hot water on him? And that would have been it. Um, there's, there's one other thing that I saw um, that I think is worth mentioning um, that I was like, this is a, this is a comedy beat. And I don't know that they mean for it to be a comedy beat, but it's, it's hilarious. Um, is when she goes off with the doctor because she's she's crazy, and her blanket just keeps going <laughs> for like a yeah. mile after she's yep. gone. Yeah. Yes, and yep. it it never you never see the end of it. It just it cuts uh. away before you see wherever that thing ended. But it's like forty five straight seconds of just yep. blanket 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 going past. That's the quilt that she was working on the whole time with the whole Pedro marrying right. her sister thing is that she like they even said it how she worked on it till it like covered her face, but then she kept working on it. So, yeah, that comedy beat was like, what the hell? <laughs> and and so that was like, you know, that that was an El Guapo moment. There you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> she maybe she'll work on a sweater next. Uh, one of the one of the mo- the best characters that was the least used but could have had more screen time was the sergeant. Oh yeah, from the revolutionaries, uh, <laughs> especially when she's like, you know, do you know how to make what was it like frittatas or something like that? Yeah, um, that's probably not. It. But yeah, but like, like he's a like fritter. Yeah, and he's like, no, but I'm willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he was the one who was seeing the like the the girl who worked for the family. I can't remember her yeah. name, like Chichen uh, or something like that. Right, and I don't know. Was that who it showed her married Chencha. to at the end at the wedding? 
because I couldn't tell if that was the sergeant or not. That was I her think husband. So. Yeah, yeah. It was. Okay. Yeah, I assumed the, it was. They hooked up. Yep. Well, and that's yeah. They talk about how like um, Gertrudis was was like a uh, out of like that she had an affair. Like she was illegitimate mm-hmm. at some point, and that's why like. She has like the bright red hair, but then the mother has bright red hair and the other two sisters yeah. had the dark hair. Well, um, and the fact that supposedly her father is mulatto and you would think she would not be as fair as the other two, although genetics are funny sometimes. But Well, yeah. so they, they're funny, but there's there's sort of a rule about red hair. Um, the yeah. reason why it's so uncommon is that both of your parents have to have it as a recessive gene for you to get it. So, I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe, whatever. Um, but it would be, be pretty challenging for that to, to happen that way. But, uh, yeah, she, I agree. She was my favorite. Um, and, and not just because she was running around naked for a couple of minutes there. <laughs> um, in one of the funnier scenes in the movie. Um, I thought it was just going to be like a shower scene and, you know, she was, you know, just too, too turned on to do anything but go take a shower. And then she sets something on fire and then she jumps on top of a guy on a horse and is like facing him and bouncing on the horse. And it's like, yeah, we know what you're saying. We get it. Like, (laughs) 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 that's what's going on. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, thanks. I <laughs> <laughs> hey, lots of fun talking about it. Yeah. It takes some of the pressure off of Josh. He's got to pick next, right? Yeah, he yeah, does. I just wanted to say, though, if you like Senorita Tita and you'd like to see her in some more, uh, another movie, and Nathan mentioned Wes Anderson, she's in Bottle Rocket. She is the uh, love interest of uh, Luke Wilson in Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Um, so go back and watch that again if you'd like to see her in a different context. There you go. Just a little bit of trivia I wanted to drop. Thanks, Josh. Right. Yeah, no problem. That's what I'm is here for. Is that the bonus uh, part of your book report for extra credit? <laughs> That was the extra credit. Yes, please C plus. See the gold <laughs> star. <laughs> Bottle rocket instead. Instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, this is the part where I drop. Yeah. What would you like for us to watch? Uh, I'd like to us to watch a movie called Thoroughbreds from 2018. Great movie. Well, thanks everybody for this discussion of like water for chocolate. Uh, thanks everyone out there for listening to the podcast. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you.